Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 349 for recording date November 26, 2023, Thanksgiving weekend. Hello, I am Marty. <sighs> <laughs> I'm Christoph. Uh, hey guys, thanks for thanks for checking out what will surely be an interesting uh, hour-ish, plus or minus forty-five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, well let, let let's just jump into it. Something truly unexpected happened happened this week. Something that you know, Chris and I never thought we would see, and that is a full G1 style tournament happening in <laughs> AEW. <laughs> It's yeah. happening. It's start. Okay. It's, it's not what I was talking about. No, talking about I'd thing. much rather talk about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the thing that's on everyone's lips. You know, the, the history with Triple H, the issue there, thought it was impossible. Stephanie McMahon backstage last night at Survivor Series. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's big. That's big news. That's the big news. That's, the well, dirt sheets are just uh, oh. proliferating and pontificating all over on that one. How soon I forget. Finally, a WWE legend back in WWE. Maybe they'll go into Hall of Fame this time. R-Truth making his return at Survivor <laughs> Series last night. That wasn't even the biggest return last night. It wasn't? No, Randy Orton came back last night. <laughs> you know what? Damn straight. Yeah. <laughs> Orton's back, kids. That's all I want to talk about is a crisp RKO and Randall <laughs> Keith Orton looking like an Adonis again. Well, folks. Here we go again. Here was the audio. Dude had a reaction. Well, they're in fucking Chicago. Of course, there's a reaction. Well, they're in Chicago. And all he he does, I mean, they they, they did the NXT fake out. They had yeah. the copyright WWE 2023. Yeah. And then music hits. And Pepsi Phil is indeed back. In the WWE, a multi-year deal signed <sighs> yesterday. Yeah. The deal was not signed as of yesterday morning is what Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Fame is reporting today. Uh, he is back in WWE. We had talked about this being a possibility, especially with Survivor Series being one of the biggest shows in WWE's calendar, mm-hmm. it being in front of a live crowd in Chicago, sold out, so sold out, they actually didn't have a full stage set up. They, wow. they had just kind of a, a, a lower tier stage set up, the, uh, and there were the, fans above. The Royal Rumble MSG set up, as they, we call it. Right, right. And yeah. they did it for SmackDown as well, because a lot of people were at SmackDown. Uh there's there's a lot to dig into here. There's a lot to take apart, um, both in terms of where this can go, Deep what reactions people will have, mm-hmm. and 
what will happen for his former place of business. Yeah. Where, where AEW will take this. First things first, if you have not logged on, although chances are since you listen to a pro wrestling podcast, you have logged on and already seen it. Twitter, Instagram, threads. Uh, well, no one's really on Mastodon except for me, but <laughs> it's a shit show. If you yes. are if, if you are looking at anything related to pro wrestling, oh, I, the takes are hot and they're coming in fast and furious. The, the takes are hot and everyone is looking to jump in with their talking point, including us. Hi. Sure. Yeah, uh, no, but everyone's hey. looking to jump in. If, if you are a professional wrestler posting anything right now, you're getting CM Punk comments in the response. Like, I don't know. Fucking Pac could just post a photo of breakfast and people go, well, what about that CM Punk? Right? Yeah. Th- this, this will be a thing for some time to come. Well, before we even get into what happened last night, Twitter, I refuse to call it X, was just mm-hmm. atrociously annoying this past week with the, was this a CM Punk reference? Was this a CM Punk <laughs> reference? Like, yeah. I understand, and it, it got into the, the the level of parody, but then it was overdone to the point where I just wanted to, you know, close the app and never never open it again. And, you know, as, as a full disclosure, I never updated the app on my phone. So it's still blue with the bird and it's still Twitter on my phone. Cause I refuse to acknowledge X. Um, sorry from tw- two times. I just said it on this podcast, but, uh, <laughs> that was super annoying. And I just, yeah. I just, and I mentioned this on the switch Schlegel soapbox available now on the Patreon $5 yeah, tier, hey. where we hear Justin's, uh, thoughts on this and more, uh, more detailed, uh, thoughts on, course corrections needed in AEW, which we'll also get to. Mm -hmm. But um, this guy is just fucking exhausting. And I'm I'd like I I knew when I woke up that I was going to have to talk about Pepsi Phil for at least 30 minutes, probably closer to an hour combined between the two shows that we're doing here. And I just I don't have it in me (laughs) to spend so much of, you know, of, of energy to talk about this fucking guy who is yes he's very popular yeah the, you, as you heard in the reaction right there and you know i'm sure monday's ratings and him having a live microphone will be something that is you know much discussed he's a fucking stain and plague on this business and i just fucking hate talking about him now this is the third you know it was the, the heights of CM Punk, and then he left. Then he was gone, and then they did UFC. So we're talking about him again, and then it was AEW, and then all you know, up and down and drama and all this sort of shit. And now he's back in WWE. Yeah, and there are, I'd imagine, more people there who don't like him than there were in uh, WWE back in the day and in AEW. So it's going to be very interesting to, to hear uh, some behind the scenes information over the coming weeks and months of Pepsi Phil's presence in this WWE uh, environment. Uh, Especially because Phil is not a gentleman who uh, keeps his opinions and feelings to himself. He will, he will vague post. Oh, until the, the light of dawn, and, and he, which will then cause much more discourse and scuttlebutt and annoying shit and neck beards and assholes talking. Hi, neck beards yeah, and assholes I, talking about him. I, I've, I've no doubt that um, there, there's definitely going to be um, some awkward conversations 
in the locker room on Monday mm-hmm. because a lot of people did not know this was happening. A lot of people were not involved in conversations telling them it was going to happen until just about when it happened. Yeah. Uh, according to between uh, reporting from Fightful and Wrestling Observer Radio this morning, the only people who knew d- the day of were uh, Triple H, Paul, whatever you want to call him now. I guess we call him Paul. Um, no. So Paul Pritchard and Roughhouse favorite Michael P.S. Hayes. Fuck that guy. They knew. In terms of the uh, 10 men in the main event on Saturday night, they were told like right before going out when they were doing final discussions of the match. Oh, so they, they knew before the match. They knew. And, and what is said is some people were upset. Mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre, people are flat out saying he was mad. He calmed down, but he did leave the ring before Punk came out. Okay. He did apparently just throw a hoodie on over his gear and left. Okay. Did he throw pants on? He, <laughs> he just wears trunks. I don't think he needs pants. I, I don't mean, think Chicago he needs pants. In, in, you know, it's pretty chilly out there. It, you don't think Drew is a year-round shorts guy? I mean, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also a neck beard and internet purchase microphones on about his fucking wrestlings. Hey, look, people want to talk about pro wrestling marks all the time. These are the guys who jump in the ring and land on their back repeatedly in the hopes that they too will follow in the footsteps of their heroes. Mm-hmm. Gotta ask sometimes, are we not all dorks? No, yeah, we are. I get it. Yeah, I mean it's it's theater too, by the way. Oh, oh yeah, which few like, <laughs> things dorkier than live theater, right? Anyway, so Drew's apparently pissed off, but he's been in a in a way for months now. His yeah. deal is up at the end of the year. They did not want to uh, really negotiate with him when negotiations have started. They were apparently on different sides, money wise, and you know he's just pissed off about he was the guy who they got behind in the pandemic, and the minute that there were fans in the crowd, he got dropped. Yep. I get it. I understand his frustration. It makes a lot of sense. Also, I don't know where his issue with punk came from. Uh, he's not someone who I remember uh, punk necessarily motherfuckering on the internet, uh, especially in that Colt Cabana podcast. Yeah. Um, Seth got some strays probably just because he was paired up with Roman. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an issue there. Um Cody's the interesting one. Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Right about this time a year ago, or actually probably uh, further back than that, but you, you get what I'm saying. 2022. He was the guy. He jumped. He left AEW for what he perceived to be more fertile pastures back in the WWE. He, he, he decided, I don't want to run the show anymore. I don't want to put together the storytelling. I'm ready to be an employee again. Mm-hmm. And more crucially, I'm going to be that top guy. I'm going to be the one. Which is what he wanted from the start. This is why he formed his own company, so he could be a top guy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then, then nobody else wanted him as top guy. Then weirdly enough, I mean... You know, there there was definitely the the uh, Cody zone in prime pandemic AEW. Yeah, but um, look back August twenty one when Punk jumped into AEW. 
crowd started to sour even harder on Cody. And as we've discussed before, that really weird promo the week before the, the ladder match mm-hmm. in our backyard in DC, where he decided and even said, I don't know what I'm going to get a chance to cut this promo, but I'll say it right now. And he just talks about how everything punk says he is. Cody actually did. Yeah. He decided in the middle of building another match because he's on live television he has a live microphone to basically go. He's a fake. I'm real. And yeah. now having lost in his WrestleMania main event while still being a top guy, everyone's saying, Oh, next year in Philly, he's winning the belt. He's going to be the guy to beat Roman. We talked about before. Well, what about John Cena? What about Dwayne Johnson? There's no one happier that the strike is over than Cody Rhodes. Yeah. But now the roadblock, which is CM Punk is back. Mm -hmm. And you can look at his comments after the show where he's just like, well, you know, if it's good for business, it's good for everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Saying a lot there without saying it. Uh, So that's going to be interesting how that blows up. Or maybe it works out well, but there's also some people who you don't really recognize. He pissed off along the way. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It goes all the way back to 2003. And uh, Kevin Owens told the story on, on one of his many shoots when he was doing the Kevin Steen show for mm-hmm. high spots. His first tryout with Ring of Honor, him oh, yeah. and El Generico. Uh, Owen Steen, whatever you want to call him, is in the ring wearing his normal gear. He's warming up. He's planning out his match and his gear at the time. Not that dissimilar from what he wears now. He's wearing a singlet with a T-shirt over it Mm -hmm. while they're working out. Punk over the PA starts making fun of him for wearing a T-shirt in front of everyone. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. So then Punk leaves, becomes a WWE guy, all the back and forth there. But. Owen Steen becomes the guy in Ring of Honor. Yeah, he had a great run. Goes to NXT, becomes the guy in NXT. Mm -hmm. Goes to WWE. Would I say he was the guy? No, but he was always in that mix. Yeah. And more crucially, and it's something that he reposted when the whole brawl out situation happened. And don't forget, Owens. And uh, Generico or oh, with Sammy? the box, they're tight. Yeah, they're tight with the box. They're tight with Adam Cole. They're tight yeah. with all these people. He reposted the fact that he got to main event WrestleMania <laughs> against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Technically correct. If you don't think that's about to get shady, you don't know pro wrestling very well. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be Canadian polite in his direction, but you know, it's, it's like that Midwest nice. It's just going to be motherfuckering him, but you don't, you, you don't tell, you can't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. And that doesn't even include the fact that the guy who runs WWE right Thank now. Thank you. So I was just going to say that. Yeah. The doofus son-in-law. Mm-hmm. Who he pointed the finger at time and time again as being the guy in the way as being the the roadblock to him being the superstar he was supposed to be. Yep. It was all Triple H. I was held back. I was held down. And now we're hanging out on Twitter together, posting selfies, pointing at each other. Well, 
Punk's got a dumb new haircut? I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to play out. Well, and not only that, two of the guys you just mentioned, that being Seth Rollins and Kevin uh, Owens, are very much Triple H guys. Yes, indeed they are. I mean, Cody, you know, I'm not. I, I'm sure they have... A, have a working relationship, a respect-driven working relationship. Um, I, what Cody comes home and says to Brandy about Paul, I don't know. I'd be curious to hear, uh, yeah. especially after last night. Um, yes. But yeah, Seth, who was apparently super hot and needed to be held back by Michael Cole and Corey yeah. Graves. Yeah, there was a the video going around online. He's flipping off Punk. He's calling him a motherfucker. Apparently, that's all angle. That, that's him going into business. Okay. So, you know, I guess we're getting Seth Rollins versus CM Punk rumble mania something. Uh-huh. But I just ask the question beyond that pop. Let's look back roughly a year ago, Philadelphia extreme rules. You can say what you want to say about the tragedy that further uh, transpired after the fact, but Bray Wyatt comes back. Massive crowd reaction. Yep. You would have thought Jesus and the Beatles showed up as number 30 in the Royal rumble, like <laughs> lost their fucking minds. Well, the Beatles were bigger than Jesus, just like the B sharps. Well, you know, that's why they're stable now. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you will, this, this, storyline continuing on this situation growing this next step after the pop Mm -hmm. Bray Wyatt. It wasn't all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. It was actually like six weeks of him. Yeah. It was like six weeks of him cutting promos to no one about nothing because they didn't know what to do. Yeah. After the fans lost their mind about him. Yeah. It's all about the follow through and the angles and stories you have planned. And if it will be with Seth, then you have some, some stuff to work with there. Um, but you know, it's really going to be interesting for many reasons to see what he says with a live microphone on Monday. I mean, obviously, you know, he'll be excited to be back and, you know, say all this shit that, you know, I feel like we'll be based in lies. And I feel like on the inside, he'll die a little bit, but then, you know, he'll remember of the, uh, you know, the direct deposit that's coming into his account that Friday and we'll be certainly uh, pretty okay with it. Um, but you know, who does he have beef with at this point? Mm -hmm. Uh, who, who in Phil's mind is worthy of the first opponent for CM Punk upon his return. Um, and, um, I, I want, I just, I want details. I want to know what the conditions of his contract were. And I don't really care about the money. He's already a multimillionaire. He's probably making multi millions of dollars in this new, new deal. Uh, duration. I'm not worried about. I'm worried about the special, uh, considerations of, is there the aforementioned WrestleMania headliner? Is there, you know, winning the title within a year? Is there, um, considerations for his own locker room or, or mm-hmm. things of that. What kind of level of diva uh, is, is Pepsi Phil going to bring to this run and how much of that will uh, Paul put up with? Yeah. I, I, they're all questions that need to be answered. Uh, you know, that promo on Monday is probably going to be the most watched promo 
in years. Yeah. Uh, probably, ironically enough, since uh, you can say maybe his collision return or the original return to AW in August 2021. I do wonder if he's going to kind of echo that promo. He said, you know, in, in 2004, I, I left pro wrestling and joined sports entertainment. 2021, I'm back to pro wrestling. I look forward to him adding. And now in 2023, I am back to sports entertainment. Does he sit cross-legged at the top of the ramp or does he go in ring? Uh, good question. He did sit cross-legged in front of some yeah. audience members uh, yeah. yesterday. So that's still going to be a thing. Um, and also what juice does he have at this point? Yeah. We had the pop. We had the Chicago return a screaming sold out arena, losing their fucking mind. Last I remember when he was the star of collision, they were struggling to get thousands of people in attendance, let alone tens of thousands of people. Yeah. I, well, to WWE's benefit, uh, which begrudges me for saying they're doing pretty well, a lot better than yeah. W in terms of ticket sales. Sure. And I, I don't think punk will actively hurt that. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't foresee them needing to, to rope off, you know, half the arenas, uh, for raw or SmackDown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it will be curious to see how the needle is moved and how far merch. He's always been a big merch yeah, guy. They already got two he t-shirts is. up. Yeah, I'm not worried about the merch, and I'm also curious what his cut for the merch is. Um, probably significant. Sure. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, I don't know. Fucking guy. Yeah, he's he's going into a minefield right now. Oh yeah. Between, you know, people who have messed with him along the way, people who now have more juice behind them, who he messed with. Um, and I ask this question as well. So sort of looking at them in parallel, the okay. big draw of punk. And he said it himself. He's there to work with the young talent. He's there to work with the Darby Allens and the Ricky Starks and like, he just name dropped all of these people. We've seen him against Randy Orton. We've seen him against, Roman Reigns. We've seen him against Seth Rollins. Yeah. We've seen him against the Usos. Who's there? I mean, I'm not a fully. CM Punk Braun Breaker isn't going to make me decide to get Peacock if I didn't already have Peacock. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not up on the roster uh, as to who is even in prominent positions. I mean, Nakamura, maybe? Uh, I don't know if they've... So it's funny you mentioned that, because Nakamura on the road to Survivor Series has been cutting promos on a mystery person. Okay. He hasn't clarified who it is. That's where a lot of the punk discussion was coming from, and... As we were to believe, based off of the intel shared by reputable folks like Dave Meltzer and Sean Rasslap, that the whole reason why they confirmed Orton being in the match on Monday was so people wouldn't think that Punk would be there. So they yeah. wouldn't be inundated with CM Punk chants. Right. And they weren't during the show, from what I heard. Uh, there was a little bit during the show. Um, but not, but not overwhelmingly distracting. It was not the CM Punk chant of old, like 2015, yeah. 2016. This is our way of telling you we're bored. Yeah. CM Punk chants. Uh, so Nakamura Punk, I guess like not a new guy by any means. No, no, not a new guy at all. Um, I guess their match would be fine. The, the biggest thing for me is, I mean, Nakamura is getting there more and more, but 
Punk's best work is when he can go toe to toe with someone on the microphone. Yeah. Eddie Kingston, MJF. Yep. Uh, Hangman even, although Hangman, you know, uh, apparently pissed him off. Yeah. Hangman was fired up and they were, they were very good uh, opponents when it came to microphone battles. I don't know who's really there now where, you know, you would be excited. I mean, Dominic Mysterio, like, is that, is that the, the best they can do right now? Yeah. And then, then you get into the whole thing. Cause you know, then he's with judgment day. So then there's a whole bunch of other people. So does he recruit a fucking, yeah. you know, another, another type shield type situation? Cause that's yeah. the shield was originally brought up to be his, uh, bodyguards, his crew, or yeah. his crew. So, you know, which is crazy. Cause it was that long ago that all this shit happened. Yeah. And and that's the other thing. We are basically at the 10th anniversary of the walkout. Yeah. Because it was uh, Rumble 14. 2014. Yep. So here we are almost 10 years later. He's back. Uh, I, I would love to do the math because I haven't of how long it took Bret Hart or Ultimate Warrior to come back. Oh, yeah. By comparison. I think it's longer in both. Uh, but, you know, it was never a question of if it could happen. Sure. Because it was always a possibility. Yeah. Just because we saw Hogan, Bret Hart, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Bruno San Martino, all of these people who yeah. were so anti WWE. But it was a question of how, especially because of how much in the, uh, I guess, seven years he wasn't in wrestling at all mm-hmm. that he would poke at and mock. And, yeah. and, you know, share his frustration with, Oh, I, I saw I, the, a number of times last night, the tweet, go suck a blood money covered oil dick, uh, or, or yeah. something like that. And now here he is. <laughs> yeah. He, he cannot wait to make it the Raya. It's going to yeah. be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, the Miz, a guy who he whirlwind dunked on, on a yep. regular basis. Yep. He's now a respected veteran of the locker room. And in many's eyes, the prototype of what a WWE star should be. I mean, yeah, he fits. All, he, he knocks off all the check marks. Does the Miz. Sure. He's sure. He, he is. Yeah. I, I'm true. not, I'm not taking that away from him. Like, yeah. For as much as his match style may not necessarily mesh with my taste as a fan, I can right. look at him and I go, he talks well. He presents well. He always looks like a star. Mm-hmm. His matches are safe. He never gets hurt. Never catches anybody. He, but he <laughs> never catches anybody, too. <laughs> so it's I, I see why he would be someone to be admired in that company. Sure. But Punk thinks he's a giant dork. So yeah. what well, happens he was, I mean, The Miz is also a giant dork. Oh, sure. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a pot calling the kettle black, though. Right. Yes, exactly. But what is just as bothersome, and we touched on this a little bit in the Patreon episode, is what's the reaction? Now, I don't think Tony Khan is going to jump on Twitter, as he's done in the past, to talk about, you know, the the Wednesday night war that was and all those different things. I don't think that's his MO. Also, he may have signed things. In the process of letting punk go. It's true. Where about that can't do that this past week, like just a few days ago, 
Maxwell Jacob Friedman with live mic made a little wink and a nod to Pepsi Phil. Yeah. And even last night before he debuted, he was name dropped on Collision. Yeah. So he's in the atmosphere. Sure. What happens on Wednesday? What happens with people like FTR and Danhausen and Brody King, who are through and through CM Punk guys? Yeah. RIP Comforter. Yeah, <laughs> and, and at least at least three fourths of those people are on Twitter all the time, being real shady. Uh huh. Um, I don't know how it's going to play out. I know it's going to be. Actually, you know what? Let, let's be optimistic here. Oh. I hope okay. it is undramatic. I hope they stick the landing. I hope it's fun matches at you know Rumble and Mania because they're damn for sure not going to put them on weekly. They know no. that. Yeah. But, you know, the big pay-per-views, I hope, I hope it goes well. I hope it goes well. But at the same time, you got to wonder, for the near decade, he talked about trying to be the change in professional wrestling and, and how what WWE was doing was killing the business and how much he hated the old guard coming back for one last payday. Mm-hmm. How does it feel when he looks in the mirror? Yeah. I mean, he's, I would imagine, hopefully self-aware enough to realize that that's him now. Uh, yeah. He can't still feel like he's in his prime, especially after, you know, his injury prone run in AEW, which ruined a bunch of storylines. Yep. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's to sum it all up. He's a wild card mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in ring, out of ring, behind the scenes, um, online. There's, there's a lot. Uh, I'd say the, a lot more downside than good side. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. But, but we're also of the mindset that we've been spurned by this guy too many times already. We're not the one paying him, or yeah, I'm not even one needing to watch him. I mean, I, I it's not going to make me turn into raw. I'll, I might see a clip or a transcript on uh, on Twitter or something, but yeah, I'm not fucking going to watch. I'm not going to be sitting in front of my television on the USA Network on Monday. No, come like nine thirty on Monday night. I might go, Oh, let's see. Let's see what they posted on yeah. Instagram or on Twitter or whatever. Let me, let me right. see on YouTube what he said, but I don't, I don't need to be there. It's not, it's not appointment television for me because like I said, there's not really that much in front of him now that he hasn't already done. And I'm, I'm looking for the new, I'm looking for the interesting, which is why we need to dig into this week. So in Chicago for their traditional Thanksgiving Eve show, and then because of NHL coverage, we got a combination Rampage collision last night. I haven't watched Rampage or Collision, so we'll just go over sort of the, the high-level uh, results of things. But most crucially, we got the kickoff, as we talked about at the top of the show, of the Continental Classic. Yeah. The Round Robin Tournament for AEW. Uh, I've seen some people online calling it the C2 like the G1. And uh, I I like that. I like that turn of phrase for it. But uh, it was on Wednesday afternoon, we got the full breakdown of who was going to be in the tournament. Two groups 
of uh, of competitors, six yeah. in each, the blue group and the gold group, which tells me that Tony Khan, big fan of Jim Lee's X-Men. Yes. There was a yeah, blue yeah, team yeah, yeah. and the gold team. That's right. Got them all here. Which was your preference back then? I was X-Men blue all day. Oh, 1000%. Sorry, yeah. Storm. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had all the, you all you had all the, the, the top tier guys yeah. on the blue team. At, yeah. at least here, it's a little spread out. It's a little interesting. Right. Uh, but uh, it, it looks like that the blue group is going to primarily be on collision, while the gold group primarily going to be on dynamite. And uh, the blue group, they've got Brian Danielson, Andrade El Idolo, Brody King getting a singles run, Claudio Casagnoli, Daniel Garcia, and Eddie Kingston, who, uh, of course, is putting his title up in this tournament. Okay, so, so uh, all right, let's see if we can do this. Brody King is Beast. Uh, mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston is Wolverine. Yep. Um, who are the uh, Andrade? Andrade, Garcia. Claudio, Garcia, and Danielson. Claudio... Is Claudio, well, I was going to say Claudio Cyclops because oh. he gets the job done, but he's not that thrilling sometimes. Okay, fair. All right. Yeah. Uh, Andrade is Gambit. Yeah, that feels right. That feels um, right. And then uh, let's see. Garcia is Rogue. Yep. <laughs> and then Brian Danielson is Forge, considering how much of him is now metal. <laughs> oh, that's great. Now I have to pull up the X-Men gold uh, roster to do it with the other bracket, but go ahead, please continue. Yes, but the gold group, John Moxley, Swerve Strickland, Roosh, Mark Briscoe, Jay Lethal, and Jay White. All right, let's see. Uh, oh, actually, wait, that's not right. Hold on. X-Men gold. All right, so this one might be a little trickier. Um, yeah, especially because the John Moxley Wolverine equation works way too well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, I, I don't know if I could do this with X-Men gold. Uh, well, Jay Lethal is definitely Jubilee and so much that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and, and, and get into it. Unless you have the, the perfect analogy ready. Yeah. No, th- I mean, if I'm looking at the nineties version, it was, it was a smaller team and mostly female too. So, oh. All was, right. you know, Kitty storm, uh, prestige. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll abort, but the blue, the blue, the blue one worked. I'm happy yeah, with that. Absolutely. Print that. Um, all <laughs> matches have a 20 minute time limit. And as they, they actually explained at the top of the show with a graphic and everything. Yeah. Three points for a win, one for a draw, none for a loss, and no one is allowed at ringside. Now, let us underline again. They said this at the top of the show. And then they went right into the first Continental Classic match of Swerve Strickland versus Jay Lethal. And I, Marty Day, an adult who can vote, said out loud (laughs) to himself, where's Nana? They told me 30 seconds ago they that no sure one was did. on ringside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm baffled. You just wanted to see his dance, and I get that. That's true. I did want to see the dance. Yeah. I very much wanted to see the dance. Who but it was, it was Swerve against Jay Lethal, and the match was fine. Uh, as, as I texted you, it very much struck me as, well, Swerve's beat up from Saturday. Sure, yeah. So let's take it a little easy. You know, guy like Jay, he's a solid hand. We'll get through it. Yeah. What was fascinating, though, Swerve was a face and a half on Wednesday. 
Yeah, he was. I mean, granted, you know, Lethal is a part of <sighs> these assholes. Yes. So, you know, that immediately comes with why you want my TV. But um, I mean, like we said last week on the show, that was a star making performance for Swerve and yeah. the crowd reacted in kind. Very much so, which God, get behind him now, strap him up. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you want to give him this title because AEW seems to have this weird thing where if you hold a title, you suddenly don't care about any other belt. Yeah, which makes no sense, but you have no interest. You know, if you're TNT champ, ah, I'm good. I don't need the world title. Yeah. Uh, if I'm TBS champion, I don't need to be the women's champion. I just want to have a shiny thing. Yeah. So I don't know about Swerve winning the whole thing. If it happened, that'd be fucking cool. But he's a guy who is ready. We've said it for weeks upon weeks now. Mm -hmm. Past Saturday at the pay-per-view showed it. Now should be the time. And the crowd is reacting appropriately. He came off like a massive star. Mm -hmm. He came off like a massive star after going through probably one of the most hellacious matches ever, which occurred because he stalked someone's family and threatened their child. Yes, broken little light B&E, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All standard baby face behavior. While filming it for nationally yeah. televised uh, programs. So, yeah. you know, the evidence is there. He should be prosecuted, to be honest with you. Mark Sterling, where are you? <laughs> yeah, is he even employed anymore no, since Jake Cargill's gone? I think he's still with the varsity athletes but I'm not bothered enough to watch ring of honor to say, wait, the varsity, who's the other varsity athlete then? Uh, it would, it's a niece and, Oh, niece. Josh Briggs or Josh Woods. Josh. Okay. Woods. Yeah. So, you know, they exist. So he's with them. So he still exists. Okay. Anyway, Hegman, not on the show. I mean, I'm I'm okay with that because he's selling the actual being literally hung or hanged at the pay-per-view. So I I don't mind him not being on the show. It's kind of a bummer to not have him in the classic. Yeah. But, um, you know, if if this will be some kind of turning point character wise for him after after dealing, you know, with two losses in a row to swerve, then um, then, yeah, you know, give him give him a little time to rework and then bring him back. I'm with you, however, and this is kind of a a standard gripe I have with AEW as much as I enjoy the company. I have my gripes. Unless I missed it, the commentary team did not mention at all that Hangman wasn't there because he was beat up. That Hangman wasn't there because he was recovering. That Hangman wasn't there because of the absolute insanity, which I'm just saying you can watch now on a replay on pay-per-view or on BMR Live. Could have been a great little segue there. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a passing reference. I get that. But instead, nothing. Kind of weird. Kind of weird. It's implied. Fair. Anyway, match was decent. And uh, Shane Strickland busted out, Swerve Strickland rather, uh, busted out one of my favorite moves in professional wrestling, uh, that being the stretch muffler. I love that (laughs) fucking move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean... Brock Lesnar's has always looked fucking crazy because he's he's a freak. He holds a guy up and his yeah. shoulders are massive, but it's always a good looking move. I like it a lot, yeah. especially when a tall guy too, yeah. or performed by a tall guy. Yes, uh, but yeah, House Call and Swerve Stomp got the finish, and he's up three points. Jay Lethal, Goose Egg, 
I, I think he is the uh, all the, is right in the world. Yeah, I, I think he's <laughs> going to be the guy eating the most losses in the gold group. That's that's my guess. Yeah. Uh, Renee Paquette then backstage with Orange Cassidy, Hook, and Shibata. Weirdest trio possible. OC indicated he had an announcement to make. And then Wheeler Yuta pops up, mm-hmm. uh, who then whirlwind dunks on OC for uh, needing a whole bunch of orange punches and an exposed turnbuckle to beat John Moxley. Yep. Uh, Yuta then said it made him sick that Shibata still has a pure title. And uh, you know, he told Shibata to watch his match on Ring of Honor because someone needs to watch Ring of Honor. Yeah. Might as well be Shibata. And Yuta completely ignores the guy he's been starting shit with for weeks in Hook. Yeah, that was a lot. This this is the new swerve Keith Lee for me of why aren't you doing anything with this? Right. MJF and Adam Cole came out and uh, Cole's on crutches. MJF's got a cane because he dislocated his leg doing that elbow. It was a hip, drop. wasn't it? Or sorry, hip. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, doing the elbow drop to the floor on the pay-per-view. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if Mick Foley had commented on that, but he'll probably have some some wise words to say about doing moves like that in the future. Yeah. Uh, did you? I, I'm sorry. Just to, to did you watch the press conference? I did not. No. Okay. So Tony did his opening comments, and then they brought out Max. Yeah. And Max was uh, like blubbering. I heard uh, that. And I heard that. I mean, I. I don't know how I felt about it because, yeah, you know, check out one. He was in a ton of pain from sure. having his hip uh, dislocated and then wrestling the rest of the match with that. Yeah. And it was, you know, a very entertaining match, um, you know, melodrama and logic aside, uh, as we discussed on last week's episode. Go back yeah. to that. But um, I, I don't know. It kind of I, I don't know if he if it was thought to be endearing by some, but it really wasn't for me. It was just like, Oh, okay. Kind of maybe get a hold of yourself before you go out. Scenario for you. Yeah. It didn't, it I don't know. It it didn't do it for me. It was a, it was a bummer. You should have just, you know, taken a couple and have somebody else come out first and compose yourself, get your hip popped in and then maybe, you know, come out later on the press conference. But I don't know. So MJF and Adam Cole start cutting a promo and I want to institute something new in AEW, Chris. Okay. You know how in baseball they started doing the pitcher clock? Sure do. I need a shot clock on MJF for his promos because <laughs> he has a point and it's executed well, but we take the long fucking, we are avoiding all the tolls on yeah. the road <laughs> to, get to the point. Yeah, that's true. I love the guy's promos. They're 20 minutes when they can be 10. A hundred percent. I've been saying that for, yeah, we've been saying that for months. It's, it's just becoming excruciating at this point, especially because this promo was another one of, well, I'm champion and you guys love me. And Adam, why don't you say something? He's like, I'm still hurt. It's going to be a long time. Yeah. Why are you out here wasting time on my TV then? Yes. So then we have the lights go out. Uh, I, of course, yell Sabu. Mm Mm-hmm. Still not Sabu. No. It's the devil on screen. And I'm not sure because it felt like it really wasn't addressed. Did the people in the ring know that the devil popped up on screen? Because, yeah, Joe came right out. But, like, MJF, Cole weren't even like, what the fuck was that? Like, just I don't know. right to Joe. 
Yeah, uh, it was not acknowledged to my recollection. Yeah, just kind of weird. But uh, Joey Samoe comes out and basically says, hey, I saved your ass on Sunday uh, or Saturday. That's questionable, but nevertheless. Well, at least in the pre-show he did. Yeah, yeah. At, at least he did bell to bell. Yes. Uh, and he's like, you know. Which you was could, his original deal. That's true. That's true. Uh, but he said, you know what? Um, I want to cash in our deal. I want my world title shot. Uh, MGF thought about it and said his mature reasoned response was blow me. Yes. I thought that was a good line. Um, Joe's then lunges at MGF and Cole interrupts doing his standard uh, 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 in between things that yeah. he does. It, it is, it's up there with, Jimmy Fallon saying gibberish to indicate he just did a punchline. Yeah. Of once it's been pointed out, you can't unhear it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Cole points out that like, this is the old MJF. You're the new MJF. You said you give him a title shot, give him a title shot. And then MJF is like, all right, cool. I'll give you a title shot and I'll give it to you tonight. To which Joe says, no, of course, Crowd boos, da 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 da. Yeah, it's just like, if I'm Joe, am I more worried about beating Max at a hundred percent? Am I more worried about getting the title? Like, what what's what's the motivation here? Like, I, it, take the easy fucking win, bro. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm very much with you on this. There's not a lot of logic happening here. That's the the promo that he cut after where we saying. Sure. From now on, you're my property. Yeah. No one messes with my stuff like that. Yeah. That's great. I, I I like the idea that basically, you know, uh, the enemy of his enemies, uh, or sorry, because it's going to be the enemy of his enemy or is his enemy as opposed yeah. to being his friend. Right. Um, I, I like that idea a lot. Uh, that said, we need to just reveal who the devil is and move on. Yes. Because I don't want what will probably be a hell of a match headlining the pay-per-view. Samoa Joe, MJF in New York for world's end. Mm-hmm. I don't need it to turn into the masked goon brigade match. Like yeah. I need, I need that to be settled on the road too. I mean, you, you want to have it settled. You want to have a crew beat him down. Cool. That's why MJF maybe loses the belt mm-hmm. to Samoa Joe. Um, I, I think there's, there's some juice in doing that, but having that be the way that match ends is just heartbreaking if that's what they do. Right. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Then we had Orange Cassidy, Hook, and Shibata. And they went against the remnants of the JAS 2.0 and Jake Hager. OC grabs the mic before the match and says, I had an announcement I wanted to make. It's a Thanksgiving surprise. And then the big screen plays the video and out comes Dan Housen. He's got a big cardboard box taped up in his arms and just throwing t-shirts to the crowd. I don't know where he got them. <laughs> just chucking them from person to person. Um, <laughs> and uh, Dan Housen was, was there. He was there. He cursed what? Jake Hager. He cursed Jake Hager and showed him the hat that he liked. The hat pulled out the hat, which why we're still referencing this fucking hat all these months later when it was pretty stupid to begin with. Um, yeah. Could have been. Chris, the literal hat on a hat moment. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty Uh, much. Hook hits the red rum and uh, there's chokes from everybody and uh, the faces win. That's really what it's about. As as the weirdest group of people, Katsuyori Shibata, Hook, 
Orange Cassidy and Danhausen stand tall together in the Man, Yeah, if you would have told me five years or, you know, three years ago, two no. years ago, that this would be something presented on my TV. Like Taz's kid, Shibata, the hand and jeans guy, and the very nice, very evil demonic uh, fellow. Uh, yeah, that is certainly a combination of people that exists. So, Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Danhausen's back. Mm-hmm. What do we do? I don't fucking know, man. Like, I like the guy. It's a fun gimmick. Sure. Um, but he's never really been like the great performer in ring, you right. know, get a couple spots in. He's, I mean, mainly a comedy guy yeah. in, in this iteration of the gimmick. And Justin brought this up like months ago of, you know, this, this alternate version of Danhausen where he's like full on evil demon. We got to see that the pre-show of like right of whatever pay-per-view was right before he got hurt. Yeah. And um, I feel like that's where a little more juice is on the squeeze. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like the whole best friends group is swelling and, you know, <laughs> you get Hook and Danhausen and Shibata in and now we're Chuck and Trent, you know, like, yeah. uh, and Chris Statlander is a part of the group. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to sound like Justin with the factions are too many and too big at this point. I, um, I think the thing that is frustrating is, and I recognize people can have multiple friends. Sure. All these things work, but it is kind of messy storytelling that an OC like travels between all these different groups. And, yeah. You know, they are randomly unified except for when they're not right. When the story, the, the storyline they're trying to tell requires it. Yeah. Um, Speaking of things that don't make sense and were unnecessary, Renee Pat backstage with Adam Cole, and she's talking about how she can't wait to see Adam Cole healthy. Cool. Okay. And then Roddy Strong and the Kingdom come in, which was really just an excuse for the live crowd to yell at him. Yeah, which they did on their own when they were in ring 20 minutes earlier, 15 minutes earlier. Yep. So. Yeah, Roddy Strong wanted to know where Adam Cole was when Action Andretti dropped him on his head. That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, but then Cole streams a strong to shut up and get it through his head that they aren't best friends anymore. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't care. I don't either. I this, don't. This is I'm trying. A, I'm this trying is to a care. I'm example of just. AW very much has this thing where if something gets in the way storyline wise, they drag it out until they can get to the next chapter. Yeah. Just fucking pivot and come back to it later. Yeah, put up the Ring of Honor tag belts, and then when Cole comes back, guess what? You can just pick it back up. Hey, man, MJF's still going to be buddies. What's this about Roddy Strong and him hating Max? And, like, you, you could have put a pause on it. Yeah, Instead, very frustrating. You got to keep doing it. Uh, we had a video package putting over Will Ospreay signing at full gear, which is really just a way of telling people, hey, next week, tickets for All In go on sale. Uh, I... I think it's clear that Osprey is going to be in the main event of that show. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Very prominent. Christian cage then comes out with Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne. Uh, as the patriarchy was going to have a christening on the show. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So I'm going to explain in, Oh, about a minute and a half. What took, a whopping 15 minutes to talk about on television. All right. Yeah. And uh, go. 
Christian Cage, he comes out, he says that Luchasaurus lost, which isn't acceptable, but uh, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to give you a new name because your name's associated with losing. You're going to have the name of my finisher. You're now Kill Switch, which was a fantastic comic by Rob Liefeld in the early 90s. It's then, also half of the band name, Kill Switch Engage. Very true. Then he uh, turned to Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne took a knee. Cage was like, you know what? You don't need to be on your knees anymore. You're now the prodigy Nick Wayne, which is a nickname he used to have in the past. And I'm frustrated because he could have taken his dad's last name and been Nick Cage. I Exactly. Then Shayna comes out next mother, which... I don't understand what she was intending to do out there, but uh, Act poorly. Yeah. Christian whirlwind dunks on her and talks about how uh, Nick's dad's dead. Uh, they go to give a concerto to Shayna that brings out edge who uh, then does a concerto on Nick Wayne. Yeah, there it is. That was actually a, just a minute. Oh, okay. Well, I got, With- 30, I got 30 seconds to say, I did not need this segment to go as long as it did. I don't care about someone's mom being in a storyline, especially if she's not a physical wrestler. Yes. Or an actual performer. If she was an actress, then, and then could <laughs> do these sorts of things. Having her, them. having her out there for like his debut. Sure. sure. Sweet moment. That's cool. But yeah. Having on- Christian want to reference wanting to bang her. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Character wise. Totally. She doesn't have to be a fucking performer here. Well, speaking of ongoing storylines that don't really seem to have a point, Renee Paquette backstage with, again, the remnant members of the JAS, this time 2.0, Jake Hager, and Anna J. Mm-hmm. Anna J is uh, tired of everyone losing all the time. She just wants to wrestle. And uh, Angela Parker's phone goes off, and we see that it's Ruby Soho calling him, bringing a storyline from the rampage zone into dynamite to the confusion of thousands of people. I had no idea what was happening here. Yeah. Uh, You told me about it last week and I still had no idea what was happening. Yeah. Uh, Can we also put, okay. Two things I don't need in wrestling. You're my friend. You're not my friend. Yeah. Also random wrestlers dating on screen on screen. Yeah. Unless there's a legitimate thing like, you know, uh, stuff or Yeah. Britain Adam, I, I don't need it. It is it is always bad. Yes, correct. But hey, it's okay because we were on that journey and that got us to another Continental Classic match as it was Jay White versus Roosh. Hell yeah, brother. It was during this match, Chris, that I realized I could never be, even though I think I do a decent job in art fight and I think I would have the skills, I could never be a pro wrestling commentator. Because the only way I can describe what happened in this match was Roosh absolutely motherfuckering Jay White with chops. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. That's that's the most apt description. The only way I could describe it would be like, oh, my God, and then giggling like a schoolgirl. Yeah, that's the other thing. I, yeah. I would definitely giggle too often, which you've been privy to in yes. real life. Yes. Um, this match was awesome. This was fantastic. Hell yeah. Uh, Jay needed another good match under his belt after, you know, losing it overbooked BS of full gear. Yeah. Yes. And Roosh is so ready to be much like swerve that dude. Uh, he is legitimately terrifying at times. Yes. yes. Um, he is hot blooded. He is going to destroy anyone and everyone in his path. 
He's got a uh, unique look too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, very unique look always stands out. Yes. He's got a back as bad as MJF's, but still <laughs> he rolls. And yeah. uh, More roosh. I was very pleased to see that Jay white, once again, using G1 tactics, hit a low blow and then his finisher to get the fit. Hey, so this worked nice. in the past. Why not let it run it back here? Yes. We then had uh, a recap of the Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks match, which then talked about how uh, Jericho was confronted by Ricky Starks and Large William at the scrum, which yeah. then showed us exclusive footage of the aforementioned William Starks team beating the shit out of Chris Jericho. Quick question, though, Chris. How do we feel about Big Bill in glasses? <laughs> uh, I think it makes it a little more dignified. Yeah. Uh, you know, Big Bill, but can uh, Big Big Brain Bill is yeah. what we'll call him with glasses. Uh, it's certainly a look. Jeans, <laughs> <laughs> no shirt, glasses. Hey, you know, I, my favorite part of the whole uh, press conference with them is Ricky Times finding Ricky Starks finding out in real time that Lexi Nair and Big Bill are engaged. Yeah, is <laughs> his yeah. tag team partner? <laughs> Had literally no idea. I mean, I've seen interviews <laughs> with Starks where he's been like, "Before we got paired up, I never talked to the dude. Yeah, I, I liked what he was doing. Yeah, so yeah, he was, yeah. Me, he was like, all right, cool, let's do this." We're not necessarily what I call friends, but it's working out well. Yes. And you saw proof of that. Yeah, no. Ricky Starks is real as fuck, and I love him for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's so good. Um, I think this next segment was better on paper than an execution. Okay. So they had RJ City, Renee Paquette come out. Oh, yeah. And announce the winner of the AW Women's title, Timeless Tony Storm. Mm -hmm. And they decided to do a whole spoof of the Oscars with her. Yeah doing an acceptance speech, getting cut off, all of that. The The angle of it is she was talking about how there's all these people who have watched her and want to, you know, uh, walk along in her footsteps where I may on stage with her. It says, the thing that you all need to know is you never will be me. And Mariah May's face squints a little bit. Mm -hmm. So subtle. But uh, I it didn't lead to a match. It didn't add yeah. anything really we just got sky blues i'm not gonna clean my room mom entrance music and <laughs> that went right into the next match yeah it's very uh very uh post new metally which i kind of dig yeah i mean it, it's perfectly fine just that combined with who sky blue was up until getting sprayed in the face um, even I'm, after being sprayed in the face because she was rocking her fucking scooby-doo gear for weeks after this that. this is true this is true well if there's ever another need to spray sky blue in the face i'll volunteer a tribute triple threat <laughs> sky blue, ruby soho and anna J. it was a match that happened uh, yeah the less said about this the better i think yeah sky wins with the most shitty tko i've seen in some days. it was pretty awful yeah uh, Renee Paquette backstage with uh, Wardlow asking for his thoughts on the world's end main event and wondering when MJF is, uh, or sorry, when Wardlow is going to go after MJF and Wardlow says, I'm going to do it on my own time. I don't know, dude, like MJF was being drugged to an ambulance a few weeks ago, well, mm -hmm. actually, a few days ago at this point, maybe that would have been the time to come out and just power bomb him repeatedly on said stretcher again. There's no, everybody's stupid. 
Yes. Up to and including A.R. Fox. Yes. Who then comes up and is like, you know, you're putting all the blame on everyone else. And I did that to Darby. And Wadlow's like, who the shit are you? Yeah. <laughs> it did not make A.R. Fox look uh, look good here. Yeah. And then the main event of Dynamite was John Moxley, Mark Briscoe. I realized that this was the, I don't know if this got mentioned on commentary and I apologize if I'm just repeating a talking point, but I realized this was the first time that John Moxley had ever worked a Briscoe full stop. Yeah, no, I think, I think Excalibur mentioned that uh, in passing. This was awesome. It's a lot of fun. Um, I don't know that Mark is a guy who will be a top guy in AEW ever. I, I put him in the aforementioned Kevin Owens spot where he could always be thrown in sure. to have a great match with somebody at the top of the card. Or Attitude Era Mick Foley, where sure. he's not going to be the guy, but the, the the fans are behind him enough. Yeah. And he's, you know, someone who can give a really good match because this match was a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I had really wonderful time with it. I'm not surprised Mox won. I'm no, sure no, there's not at all. Be- kind of a surprise win from Mark against someone notable in the tournament. Yeah. But uh, look between this, the swerve Jay lethal match and the um, Jay white Roosh match. If this is what the continental Classics is going to bring, I'm into it because this is what I like. It's, it's two guys in a ring having a match and see who's better. Yeah. That's, that's all that's it pro wrestling at its, you know, core. Yeah. Um, and then, Saturday, thanks to the NHL, we got both these shows at the same time. <laughs> Rampage and Collision, back to back from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., which meant they were literally up against Survivor Series. Yep. Uh, I've not watched these shows yet, so I'm going to run through lightning uh, run. Yeah. Run through what happened, uh, on rampage hook defeated Rocky Romero. I actually kind of watch want to watch that. That's okay. really been interesting. Uh, Chris Statlander defeated Diamante. So I guess they're trying to, uh, make the, uh, stat back on the winning ways post-match, okay. uh, Martin, Mercedes Martinez, uh, jumped in the ring, beat down Chris Statlander. Willow Nightingale came out for the save. So probably All right. a, a match between them. Tag match there, yeah. Daniel Garcia did a promo talking about how uh, his confidence is low after several losses, but he's going to make his name in the Continental Classic. Kingdom defeated two random jobbers. And the okay. main event was Wheeler Yuta against Katsuyori Shibata for the Ring of Honor pure title. Pure title going around the waist of Yuta once again. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all indications were that match was very good. And after the match, Hook ran after Yuta. So maybe so there's feud gonna is actually, actually happening then. <laughs> we'll see because uh, there was a, a feud that won't end that came back up on Collision. No fun. Um, so we had uh, in the opening, it was the Continental Classic match of Claudio Castagnoli defeating Daniel Garcia. Heard that okay. was awesome. Really want to see that. And Garcia is definitely one of those guys where, like, if he puts in good performances here, yeah, he, people will be reminded that he was important a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I had a I had a, a thought that maybe, you know, the first couple matches uh or most of the tournament, Garcia goes over and then maybe joins up with the BCC, which uh kind of changes his mindset and he starts picking up some dubs. Um, yeah. I think that would be an interesting way to go. 
Eddie Kingston then backstage. He did a promo in the cold open. We heard from everybody in the tournament in the cold open. And he's okay. like, you know, I, I, I talked earlier, but I didn't get to say everything I wanted to say, which, <laughs> you know what? Go off, King. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, talking about how he accomplished his dreams this year, wrestling in Japan, winning the belt. He put all the belts on the line because he wants to make the tournament special. And uh, he then asked the producer if he can go ahead and wrap it up now. <laughs> all right. I like that. Uh, we had a handicap match as Killswitch defeated the boys. No, Dalton, oh, Dalton Castle's no. boys. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of them got uh, choke slammed on an open chair. Ooh. Yes. Um, Adam Copeland uh, comes out afterwards from the crowd with a chair, hits Killswitch repeatedly with it. Uh, then um, a concerto is done on Killswitch uh, twice. Then okay. After a commercial break, Lexi Nair gets a word with Adam Copeland and Copeland said, you know, um, uh, he's upset that Christian Cage couldn't get over his ego, kept pushing Adam by mentioning his family. He said he's now got two heads on his wall with Nick Wayne and kill switch. And now he's going to take Christian Cage's TNT title and they're going to do it in December in Montreal, just a few weeks away. Okay. And- Yes, they want to have a big house in Montreal. So I mean, it makes sense to do it in Canada with those two. Yeah. Uh, the House of Black. House of Black. House of Black. Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews defeated Commander and Gravity. It sounds okay. like this got ugly at times uh, where Gravity just didn't know what he was doing. Mm, okay. Action and Dreddy and Darius Martin cut a promo, and this got interrupted multiple times by commercials because someone fucked up. Oh, really? Yes. They ended up re-airing it later on in the show. (laughs) The key of this is Dante Martin's back. Already? Yes. Did he completely shatter his ankle and foot in He he turned it a whole wrong way in March, April. March, April, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're at, like, what, seven months? Something like that? That's Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, good for him. That'd be a fun trio. Uh, you know, the Martin brothers and action Andretti. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm for it. Uh, yeah. I really, really like the top flight duo. Uh, I think having them involved in the tag title scene would actually be a leg up for the ti- tag title. Yes. Scene right now. Which it could u- use a boost right now. Yeah. And let's just absolutely get it away from Chris Jericho. I don't need him winning tag belts. No. That's it. Starks and big bill against top flight. Sounds like a really fun match. Yeah. No, I'm here for it. Uh, Julia Hart had a TBS title match defending <laughs> against Lady Frost. They're doing the house rules thing. Lady Frost chose a no count out. Um, okay. What I thought was particularly funny was, uh, according to results, there was a moment where Julia Hart grabbed a chair, but the referee yelled at her because even though it's no count out, it was not no DQ. Right. Okay. Um, was there a time when anybody was in danger of being counted out in the match? No. Did the stipulation come into play at all? No. I mean, they, they brawled around the ring. That was really it. Um, long story short, uh, you're, you're going to be shocked. Lady Frost did not win the TBS match. Julia Hart won built up for months. Uh, powerhouse Hobbs, Don Callis backstage with Lexi Nair. Callis wondered how Omega and Jericho earned a title shot when Hobbs single-handedly destroyed them last time. I mean, um, yeah. And Hobbs then put over his uh, new catchphrase that he's big, black and jacked. <laughs> <laughs> he's got right, a t-shirt go. too. 
Yeah, I was going to say print it. Print yeah. some money. Let's go. Um, FTR defeated the Righteous. Um, really, the key bit after that was after the match, as Malachi Black came out from the crowd along with Buddy Matthews. Okay, said that at this time, no one will save them. There's no Cesaro. Called him Cesaro. Okay. Uh, no Wheeler Yuta, no CM Punk. Um, uh, Black said that this place wasn't the brotherhood that you think it to be. The lights go out and the lights come up and they're not there. Oh. So uh, it was just a fake out. Bummer. Um, Stark's Big Bill had a pre-tape promo where, uh, oh, sorry, they had a pre-tape video showing them attacking Chris Jericho. It was the same video from uh, last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Tony Schiavone brought them out to the ring. Um, Stark's cutting a promo on Jericho, calling him a clout vampire. Ooh, sick burn. Love it. Um, and then uh, basically them just putting over the promo, uh, or sorry, putting over the, the match in the promo, the forthcoming match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Bill said um, Omega and Jericho didn't realize who they'd be in the ring with as he and Starks are Jordan and Pippin. Nice little, okay. nice little call there. Yeah. Um, he said the Colton Jets were more like the guys who gave Jordan his gum before the warm-ups. <laughs> So, so they ended the promo with Stark saying uh, to Omega and Jericho that he likes his gum minty fresh and Bill likes his big red. So, okay. <laughs> um, promos from all the Gold League guys who won on uh, on Wednesday. And then we had Keith Lee against Lee Moriarty. Okay. As the Shane Taylor Keith Lee feud finally has another chapter. All right. I guess. Keith Lee won. Sure he did. Of course he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith Lee then did a promo backstage with Lexi Nair, said he was tired of the lack of opportunities coming his way, and he said that you is who he wants, and you know who you are. Don't uh, know what that means. No. Shane Taylor? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, sort of. The main <laughs> event was uh, Brody King against Eddie Kingston, and it's our first shocker as Brody King beats Eddie Kingston. Uh, Brody King's another guy like Daniel Garcia for whom, um, you know, getting to have a prominent showing in this tournament will make him a thing. Yes. So uh, I, I very much hope he gets to uh, show up and show out here because I love that dude. I think he's awesome. I find it interesting that they had two matches back to back with uh, like portmanteau names. Uh, so you had Keith Lee Moriarty and then you had Brody Kingston. Kingston. Yes. Yeah. That's uh I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. So I talked about what's going to be on Dynamite next week. Collision next week gets Brian Danielson against Eddie Kingston, Claudio Castagnoli against Brody King, and Ooh. Andrade against Daniel Garcia. Should be a fun show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, the, I'm enjoying the match, and I'm looking forward to the three matches uh, from the, uh, what, Blue League here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, Blue. No, Gold. Gold. Sorry. Gold. Yeah, blue, yeah. Blue's on collision. Gold's on dynamite. Fucking um, hell. And, you know, Wolverine's on the Blue team. And he's also on the Avengers. And he's also in the Secret Defenders. And right. And the Wolverine Michigan are Blue and Gold. So what the fuck is happening right now? Mother of God. 
The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. Listen here, baby brother, got some of the kinder care kid, baby, five little small people running to and fro around their house. You got some shit to do. Leave them with me, Dusty D. Diddle Rhodes at the Dusty Rhodes Detention Baby Center. That's right. It's a daycare for your little shits. I was able to raise Dustin into the wackadoo, tranny, gold-covered wackanizzle that he was, as well as Cody. Whatever he did with that mustache, baby brother, he picked it up at the Dusty Rhodes Detention slash daycare center. We got stuff to climb on. Big boxes, small boxes, a mama Celeste pizza for one. That six of these motherfuckers is going to have to split. Ain't nobody going to get enough food. Someone's going to have to have some Kool-Aid and five pitchers of water, but only one packet. That shit's going to be watery, baby brother. Ain't nobody going to get enough to eat, drink, or play with here at the Dusty Roads Detention Center. Look for me. I'm the house with the spots and the son with the gold ass paint passed out in the front yard. Use code mustache for 5% off your child if it's a baby of color, baby brother.